0: a white man no
1: hello and welcome to the unsub is a white man I'm Sarah and I'm Emily. And we are back with perhaps one of the most profound episodes of Criminal Minds we've seen to date.
0: Yes. This one holds up. It was as good as I remember. Yeah. It being, it's so. just, it's so
1: deep and moving and sad
0: and- And well acted. Yes.
1: Unlike anything we've watched them do yeah. so far. And I, at first, because I know you were super excited about rewatching this. Yes. I wasn't sure at first if I, I feel like I do that every time. I'm not sure if I remember this. And then within the first few seconds, I'm like, oh God, this one. Yeah and this one it was like <gasps> took my breath away when i remembered what this episode was
0: yeah
1: it's just uh, for you know the early 2000s criminal minds nonsense Yes. It's so much more than what we've come to expect, which, so I shared this story with you, but I would like to share it with everyone that my brother is uh, a teacher as well. And he was subbing for another class where kids were supposed to be working on a project. And he went up to two girls who were looking at a phone and was like, what are you guys doing? And they were watching Criminal Minds. He was like, actually, um, (laughs) my sister and her friend do a great Criminal Minds podcast and they... Thought it was hilarious. (laughs) They're a big fan of the Schmidt opening.
0: Nice. Um, If ever there was a reason to not do your schoolwork in class. Right.
1: It's so that you can
0: watch Criminal Minds.
1: To get caught up on Criminal Minds is very
0: important. Exactly. And I'm glad that the next generation is appreciating this show as much as we do.
1: It lives on. Even though this is from, this originally aired January 2006. Yes. All this many, many years later. How many yeah. years later is this? 15? I don't want to think about it. It's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> I look the same as I did in 2006. So do you, exactly. right? Exactly. We're still yeah. as young and vibrant as we were. Yeah. However many years I ago that was. I don't
0: have more forehead wrinkles and bags under my eyes. I'll tell you that much. No, no, no.
1: Um, I saw a great TikTok the other day that a guy was like, even when I spread my wrinkles apart, you can still see the wrinkle. (laughs) What does that mean about me? Like it means we're in our thirties now, friend. (laughs) But anywho, it's a rough realization. (laughs) This is riding the lightning, which I'm very excited to talk about.
0: All right. So this one opens on Gideon and he's smiling while some classical music is playing. I, uh,
1: I wrote, get you a man that looks at you the way Gideon looks at a performance of Bach.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that you said that it was Bach because my next note is, I should be embarrassed that I can't identify this piece. right? <laughs> like, I know it's really famous. And it's I one just, of those like
1: generic classical music songs that they play for everything. Yeah. It's like,
0: this is classical music, but not the stuff from a wedding. Yeah. So that's my <laughs> musical this knowledge. It's canon and D, so I'm not sure. Exactly. Can't put a finger on it. <laughs> uh, so we get about five seconds of that, and then we cut very abruptly to the team, and they're in a car, and JJ is explaining the case of Sarah Jean and Jacob Dawes, who butchered 12 young women, to Gideon and Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, she is explaining things to someone who already knows everything. Uh, yep. Gideon is very well informed on this case. Um, apparently another body has been found and they think that she might be another one of their victims. So they're going to the prison where they're currently on death row to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we hear Reed talking from the back seat. And for a second I thought it was another thing where I had just overlooked him in the back seat <laughs> of the car, like in the one fresh he just hell like episode. Popped up. Yeah. Like I stowed away, guys. Yeah, he just pops up to give facts. <laughs> That's what he But yeah, this is actually a second car. Mm-hmm. Um and Elle is driving Hotch, Reed, and Garcia, which I was <laughs> really confused, like why I, yeah, Garcia's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And I, I was know. like, You're not. Why are you here? Because <laughs> I just yeah, my thought was, what? why is Garcia here? Yeah. And then Garcia's next line is, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was really funny because it's like, they, you, you know that they like packed up all their stuff and mm-hmm. then they flew on the plane mm-hmm. and then they got in the car And it wasn't until that point that Garcia was like, "Hey guys, why am I here?" (laughs) Like nobody explained to her what exactly to come to
1: this. It was one of those moments where the writers are going to be like, "Hmm, everyone's going to know Garcia could have done her job remotely because her job is remote, like always, from
0: anywhere they go, all over the country." Yes.
1: So we're going to have to lean into it somehow.
0: Yeah, there's literally no reason for her to actually be there. Yeah. Okay. so, Rita is excited because this is the first husband and wife serial killer team to be recorded into VICAP. Because um, I guess in this universe, like Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka don't exist. Well, I mean, and that's Gerald who they're based and Charlene, on, Charlene right? Gallego don't exist. Yeah, like those two couples were what I assumed. Yeah, but it was based like off a of, mushing together of the two yeah. of them. And usually when they base an episode off of a true crime story, they reference that crime because right. it's like Reed's favorite thing to do in the entire world is to like spew facts about existing cases, when, yeah. like yeah, real life true. cases when they do that. And it was like, why are the writers denying him the opportunity to do this one thing that he loves to do? Right. Well, because in this episode,
1: the, this husband and wife team is killed a lot more than either of those two were recorded as killing.
0: Yeah. So...
1: It's still a good opportunity for ViCap, even if it's not the very only
0: couple. Yeah, but but yeah, he's uh, super excited about this, and Garcia is not, understandably <laughs> at so. All yeah, um, but I thought it was kind of funny because she is a like their victims are young blonde women, and she like touches her hair and like their victims were like fourteen year old girls. Yeah. You are easily <laughs> in your mid thirties, Garcia. Tone it down. <laughs> and a bottle blonde, if ever there was one. Yes. Uh, so JJ says that Sarah Jean who killed 12 girls and her own son was called the ice queen. And Gideon says that's how the media interpreted her demeanor during the trial and that she only ever confessed to the murder of her son. Mm-hmm. Um, in 36 hours, she is going to die by the electric chair. I love a tight story timeline. with her. I know it's like tight timelines. Are tight. <laughs> they do a countdown too. Yes. um, <laughs> Is this where
1: they they flash to the moment of the electric chair? Yes. So I was like, is this chair on the subway or something? What is the lighting in this moment? Yeah. Just like flashing lights
0: going on or something. Yeah, and I guess that's just the only way electric chairs have ever looked. They never updated. I don't know. It's just such a horrific way to kill somebody. I cannot believe that. That they still do it? Do they
1: still do it? I wanted to Google it, but I was a little
0: afraid to Google it. I think in only a very few specific states, if any. Like, there are still states where you can choose to die by firing squad. Right, but, like, nobody actually does. Doesn't everyone die by lethal injection now? I would think so. Like, yeah, it's just It's horrific. too horrifying for me to look up. I yeah. can't do it. Um so then we see um, Sarah Jean for the first time. She is in the prison. She's having her final few hours explained to her. She very calmly asks if she'd be allowed to go outside to see the full moon, but her request is denied by the warden, and she enters the cell just looking very resigned to yeah, her fate. she's like
1: haunting eyes. Yeah. This woman is so good in this episode.
0: So good. Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. Um and, yeah, the guy who plays her husband is also very good, but in a very different way.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: So the team arrives at the Florida State Penitentiary, and there's a bunch of protesters that have gathered, and some of them are, like, anti-death penalty protesters, and some of them are anti-Sarah and Jacob. Yeah, I was getting big Ted
1: Bundy vibes with this because they're in central Florida, and all the protests happening outside. Yeah. Like, there were parties and protests and all kinds of stuff happening outside. And, it, like, like, the, you know, like, desolate almost deserty area outside this penitentiary It was very much like where Ted Bundy yeah. was and the like going to interview him on death row so they could try to find out more victims like I, would, I don't know I was getting a lot and the, this yeah. guy
0: has a huge Bundy vibe about him
1: yeah so Except I was like,
0: even like more manic yeah yeah, yeah
1: yeah but I was just surprised that there weren't more like I don't know Bundy references yeah
0: um so Gideon says that he doesn't believe that the body will be the last victim that they find. And then we see Jacob just smiling really menacingly as he's walked to his own, like, uh, death row cell. Um, and the contrast in their demeanors is just really jarring. Yeah. Like, he, like, clearly is, like, whatever. He this is, is unhinged. Yeah. Ah, So then we get our first bookend quote, which is whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed, which is Genesis 9, 6. Is this our first biblical one? I think so. I don't know. It It might be the second.
1: It was just a a very, I don't know,
0: startling one this time. Yeah. And it's like the old like King James and everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a very uncomfortable episode from top to bottom. Um, so then we learn that a string of missing girls in North, uh, in North Florida in 1985 was followed by an anonymous call to police indicating that Jacob had been seen with some of the girls. They don't know who the anonymous woman was, but the police went out to check on Jacob, and he was at home with his wife and their son, Riley. When they returned with the search warrant, the boy was gone, and they found the bodies of 12 dismembered girls buried under his workshop. Um, Jacob says he... Uh, says that he ordered Sarah to kill Riley so that he wouldn't slow them down. And Sarah Jean has admitted to Riley, but never to her part in the deaths of the girls, although Jacob maintains that she was complicit in all of it.
1: And during this, there's like a, a bad CGI overlay of Hotch against a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> With stuff going on? This is where I feel like they're starting to give up on all that stuff from the early half of the season. Yeah. They're the season. like, maybe this is
0: too much. Yeah. They're
1: like, we actually don't need to work this hard. Yeah. Um, so a, they also uh, said, sorry, that he, that like she helped him lure his victims by offering to smoke pot with them or something.
0: Yeah. That's in a couple of minutes oh, sorry, um, sorry, when they go to the house. I just thought that was so strange. Yeah. It's a really weird story. Yeah. Um, but we learned that Jacob is a sexual psychopath who takes pleasure in the total possession of his victims. He has no remorse or guilt for what he's done. And he viewed Sarah as something to control and own. And we also learned that these interviews were requested by Sarah and Jacob themselves. They've, mm. um, Sarah has never wanted to talk to um, the FBI or police or anything. And
1: they've said. been in prison
0: for a long time. Yeah, 15 point. years. Yeah,.: yeah. Um, so. Then uh, we photo jump to Sarah and Jacob's home, which is abandoned and scheduled for demolition. Um, Ellen Morgan go to check it out, and L is. That's when she explains yeah. that Sarah was suppo- uh, supposedly lured the girls from mall parking lots by asking so them to weird. smoke pot with her.
1: When and I was fourteen, were- if somebody, I know the eighties were a different time, but still, somebody approached me in a parking lot and was like, "Hey, want to come smoke pot with me?" I'd be like, "No, thanks." Yeah, want to come smoke pot in my van? Yeah. No. <laughs> No. Yeah. You're telling me this worked twelve or thirteen times?
0: Yeah, scary. Um, but yeah, there's this really cool shot at this point where the workshop like cause it's all been torn down and so they could dig up the floor and everything, but mm-hmm. it like reconstructs itself yeah, around. Yeah, that's
1: very cool. It was cool. Um Though he says that Morgan talks about how he dismembered them with a band saw, but that's mm-hmm. a table saw.
0: Yeah, it is a table saw.
1: That seems like something pretty easy to look
0: up, yeah, but okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was Jacob's... His workshop was just his torture chamber. Mm. Um, and they know that Jacob was abused as a child, and but they don't know about Sarah, so they decide to go talk to her mother. Um, meanwhile, Gideon and Reed go to speak with Sarah Jean. Um, her cell is full of her paintings, and Gideon compliments them, and says, she says, I've had a lot of time to practice. Um, and Morgan and Reed... Nope, Morgan and L wrote that down wrong, mm-hmm. arrive at Sarah's mother's house. I um, was confused
1: because her house looks really similar to their house. It's like boarded up in the same way.
0: Very similar style. And he mentions like a lot of renovation. Yeah, it was done by Jacob at both places, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks very much in the process of being renovated. Yeah. And there's like graffiti on the front of the house that says like Sarah Jean Rotten Hell and stuff. Yeah. Um. So the mother of Mrs. Mason says that Sarah and Jacob buried a girl under her house. So maybe part of that was from being, at being torn yeah, up well to there, look
1: for. There was like caution tape around a bunch of sticks and a hole in the ground in the middle of this house, but they would have dug that up like 15 years ago, right? So she's still living in the house where they found a dead body, never yeah. even
0: filled the hole Unless, in the floor. Is that the body that they just found? Oh, I don't know.
1: But I was like, so confused about so why she was living it? in there. Yeah. yeah.
0: It was... It was all very good. She confusing. was
1: drinking a lot of vodka from a very dainty teacup, yeah. though, which I appreciated about her. Yes.
0: Um, she, while she's drinking that vodka, she tells us that Sarah was shy, quiet, and smart, and was a really good girl until she met Jacob. Um, she also says that Sarah's father was a strict, mean military man, but he only ever hurt her, never Sarah. Um, they ask if she was the anonymous caller and the mom says no, but that she knows who it was, and hands over a letter, which Elle says is a statement of innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Sarah enters the interrogation room, which Jacob passes on the way to his and he calls out to her and Sarah just turns and looks at Gideon and is like, you did that on purpose.
1: Yeah. She's so much smarter than all the other yahoos you yeah. usually
0: see. She's
1: like, I know you're trying all your best tricks
0: on me. Yeah. And she said, did you learn anything from that? And mm-hmm. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, so Jacob is showing Hotch some card tricks. Uh, it seems like this could be something that jacob and reed could really bond over because (laughs) they are both in the magic (laughs) um so hotch asks if there are more bodies and he tells him that he could help the victim's families get closure like that's something jacob cares about i know it was like why why are you going with empathy that is a super weird tactic to take because he does not he doesn't care you're gonna have to take a different tack here because yeah yeah um but yeah, Jacob could not give less of a shit about the families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we're back to Sarah's interrogation and Elle calls with Sarah's letter.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: she starts reading it and Gideon starts repeating it out loud. And mm-hmm. Sarah just absolutely re- loses it when she realizes she said it's private. They're not supposed to hear any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Gideon tells her that she didn't kill the girls and she says she knew that he was bringing women back to the workshop but didn't know what he was doing but that they all died because of her negligence yeah. so she still feels very yeah. responsible for them yeah and it's she's like, living
1: with so much guilt oh yeah my God. And it's like yeah
0: yeah it is your fault yeah like how else
1: would you feel if you
0: yeah were, like, like that's a huge level of yeah I mean you didn't kill them but you, you should absolutely feel a lot of guilt for that yeah. because you should have caught on to something happening mm-hmm. and done something
1: about it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, after this moment too, they like flash to Garcia and it, in a mo, like an earlier moment, they had said like she's there because there's so much more that you can learn about them beyond oh, like their ni- words. Ninety
0: percent of communication is nonverbal.
1: But the the monitors that she's watching them through and the angles that they're looking at them is they're, totally useless. They're like overhead. Yeah, you, you can't, can't see only see their their faces. the tops of
0: their heads. It's like this: the quality and the angle is less than helpful. Yeah, it's so. just like black and white. It's like Garcia's not. Nothing's better because she's here. Yeah, she could have... You could like, have left her at tapped home. Tapped
1: into that angle from her computer at home. Yeah. It was so weird to me.
0: It was very weird. They just decided to take her on the road this time. Um, so Sarah Jean's lawyer says that this letter isn't enough to warrant a stay of execution. And the team surmises that Jacob's signature was informed by his childhood physical and sexual abuse, which always happened when he was alone with his mother. So he would be need to be alone with the victims and Sarah wouldn't have been involved. Um,
1: I just, I don't
0: understand, Emily.
1: It's been 15 years and people are only putting these puzzle pieces together now, hours before their execution. Yeah. This wouldn't have come up at any other time. Even yeah, like, if she'd never spoken to anybody. Yeah. They would have still she been looking for the kid's body. Right. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah. well, like I will, I will try to explain it away earlier in the episode because she's like, oh, they don't care about the profile. All they care about is locking them up. It's like, yeah, but, but people still would have there would have been questions asked.
1: Yeah. I just find it so ridiculous that it's only just now when we're like 23 hours from their execution that people are
0: like, "Wait a second, yeah, we got to have that timeline." <sighs> um so they also think that uh or they you know, they think that she's the anonymous caller. They don't think she killed her son. Mm-hmm. Um uh at one point when they're talking to Jacob, he's won't give up the names of the victims because he says like, uh, I have to keep something for myself. And Gideon says, well, you didn't say ourselves. You said myself, like this is his thing. Um, and Reed, uh, looks at the lawyer and he goes, what else do you need? And the lawyer utters the best line so far in this (laughs) entire season. And he just goes, Evidence. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like like this team is just, they're just constantly shocked. that we have a feeling guys. Yeah. That their gut feelings and guesswork aren't Uh enough to just circumvent the legal process.
1: (laughs) That's all they ever do. They're like, we'll worry about
0: that later. Yeah. I just loved it so much. He's like, um, evidence. We are going to need like some (laughs) actual (laughs) evidence. You guys like Hotch is a lawyer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so Gideon thinks that there might be some clues in some of her paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meanwhile, our favorite lawyer friend is interviewing mm-hmm. Jacob. Uh, JJ comes into the interrogation room to try to get a rise <laughs> out of Jacob. And then I grossed myself out with that line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's too old for him anyway. Like all of his victims were like 13, 14, 15. Yeah.
0: I mean, she's young, but she's like early 20s. Yeah. That's,
1: She's not young enough. Yeah, but whatever. He likes little the, girls, they're always playing the JJ card. Like she's the one pretty one. Anytime they need something, they're
0: like, "We'll just send yeah. JJ over." Yeah, they're like, "JJ, Ill. take your hair out of that ponytail. <laughs> Get in there." Because as soon as she realizes what she's gonna do, she starts like shaking her hair yeah. out. Like, <laughs> if only she had glasses to take off, she could she's all that. Yeah. All of this. <laughs> um, So Gideon has the paintings brought in. There's one of Riley running, one of a river, and one of 12 roses. And Gideon surprises Sarah by telling her that there were more than 12 victims. Mm. Um, She does not seem to know that this is the case. Um, And then Jacob makes a bet with Hotch. He wants to play poker. And if Hotch wins, he gets a victim's name. If Jacob wins, he gets to smell JJ's hair.
1: (laughs) You know what else I didn't like about this is that JJ and Hotch use their nicknames when they're talking to Jacob. You're telling me in an interrogation like this that you wouldn't call each other like Special Agent Hotchner.
0: Well, and even when she says like, she's like, my friends call me JJ. So I get like you're trying to play coy, but then she's like, but you can call me Jennifer. Right. And I'm like, how about Special Special Agent Agent (laughs) Jerome?
1: And when you go to talk to Hotch, you wouldn't say, it's all right, Hotch. Like, no, you call him Hotch on the plane. You don't call him Hotch in front of somebody that you're interrogating. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. But I also liked how Jacob says something about he can't trust Hotch because he never smiles. Like, well, Jacob sees what we all see. Yes. (laughs)
0: He might be onto something there. You know, unsubs are the best profilers, (laughs) as we've heard time and time again. Um, But yeah, Hotch shoots that bet right down, but JJ's like, no, I'm fine with it. (laughs) Uh, So JJ deals the cards. Um, Gideon is trying to get Sarah Jean to admit that she didn't kill Riley, but she won't. Um, they talk about the choices that they've made in their lives and whether their children suffered because of them, and it's just this really like deep conversation, like lots of character building for Sarah and for Gideon, yeah um, so Sarah says that Riley is in a better place and that she did what she did to protect him,
1: and she never says she killed him. no. It's very, very,
0: very obviously does a lot of verbal gymnastics to never never actually
1: say those words, which I'm sure is what she's been doing this whole time. And I can't believe no one. No one's picking up on it at all.
0: Yeah. Um, So Hotch wins the hand of poker and Jacob tells him there aren't any other bodies. So then Hotch fakes a phone call and announces that the governor has granted Sarah a stay of execution. And Jacob freaks out and tells them that he knows where Riley is buried. The team goes to a gazebo that Jacob had built and they find a body buried underneath it.
1: And then again, I was full of rage because you're telling me they know he's a contractor who previously buried women under his workshop and under another house. And under another house, and they never went to the other houses to look for bodies. Yeah.
0: Apparently, no. Never occurred to anyone before this moment. If we have learned anything from this show, it's that all local police departments are utterly incompetent. (laughs) (laughs) They can't do basic police work without the FBI coming in to do it for them. Um, with just eight hours remaining, we find that the body is not Riley's, but that of a 14 year old girl whose house Sarah Jean used to clean. Um, then again, you think they'd look at all the people who she used to clean for and Yes. Whatever. Um, but yeah, Sarah is just really devastated to learn about the death of this girl because Mm -hmm. she didn't have any idea that Jacob had done that. Um, So like that was his entire goal and giving up another victim is just Just to just to upset her. And they also referred to that as a children's gazebo,
1: which I found very odd because it's like plaster work with ivy and vines and stuff. Yeah. It's like nothing about that looks like it's for a child. Unless it was like an little girl's (laughs) like
0: Victorian dream. It's like, did you ever see the, the Saturday Night Live commercial where they have well Fisher-Price wells for boys? Yes. For <laughs> <with> like pensive <laughs> boys that just want to stare into a well? Maybe it's one of those. Maybe, it must be. <laughs> but like, you know how like you you, you would just get like the little little tykes playhouse but like your rich friend would have like a real house yeah. that somebody built in the backyard <laughs> yeah. that's like a really fancy well for boys you <laughs> get one of those little yeah. plastic houses your friend has a plaster gazebo i <laughs> yeah, so exactly. you know they're rich <laughs> um so jacob refuses to give up any more of his victims and Hotch very, like, stiltedly, like, grabs him by the arm and he's like, I'm not done with you. <laughs>
1: really? Full of emotion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Calm
0: down, Hotch. Yeah. Be professional. Oh, chill out. <laughs> um, so Gideon points to the basket that's painted in the on the bank of the river in Sarah's painting and asks Sarah again where Riley is and she tells him to leave. Gideon's getting so much symbolism from these paintings. So much. So much symbolism. Yeah. Like he's like, look at this. It's a dozen roses, one for each victim. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have caught that because roses generally come in a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really normal number
1: for he's roses. Like, this river flowing forward with like good vibes or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's uh, like, it
0: symbolizes freedom and good vibes. Does like, it? It looks like a kind of a crappy landscape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Um, so then we uh, cut back to Garcia and we noticed that one of her monitors is solely dedicated to a large clock that's just <laughs> counting, counting down. down yes. um, and then I just had to pause it for a minute because I was like, first of all, that's really morbid. Mm-hmm. Like also, you had to pack in all of your own stuff. So did you bring there's one monitor specifically for that specifically, for, specifically that. for the countdown or did you just have an extra monitor and you were like i should put a countdown on here like i just i had a lot of questions about She's that like, monitor Man, situation. there really is no reason for me to be here maybe i'll just do a countdown yeah <laughs> um so then gideon's like hey did anybody else notice that all of Sarah's answers indicate that Riley might still be alive. Oh my god, I'm so And mad. that she never, never actually killed him. And Garcia's like, oh, could he still be alive?
1: And then they're like, you guys. She turns to the computer. I'm like, what is she searching for in this moment? Yeah. Just like, She's a- like Googling, is, is Riley
0: Dawes <laughs> still alive? She's got a pictures, his baby picture up. And they're just like furiously typing. Like, yeah. what are you looking up? Just age progressive, or age progressing software, and then just looking for every. Everyone in the country that yeah. might look like <laughs> this kid um, so the team decides that they're going to go find him in order mm-hmm. to save Sarah Jean, completely ignoring the fact that she, if he is still alive, she's had this information the entire time and could have used it at any point. Yeah, she to obviously save doesn't herself. use it she doesn't want to use it. yeah, like come on, you guys.
1: And how much would it ruin his life to find this out now?: Yeah.
0: So Gideon just like harangues the warden into giving him five minutes in the cell. Um, this warden's so funny
1: too. He's like a cartoon character. Yeah, he's, so he's like, over the no, top.
0: no, I can't, no. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay, five minutes. Um, but like the warden also clearly has a lot of pity for Sarah because during this time he distracts her by taking her outside to see the moon, which yeah, she wanted part, to so see. so heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, and Gideon finds a newspaper clipping of a boy holding a cello. Right um, there,
1: taped to the back of her painting.
0: Well, I think it was like between layers of canvas. Oh, okay. He that like, makes more sense. At first I was like, seriously? Yeah. Like, but then I realized there was like the ripping like sound.
1: nobody turned it around in 15 yeah.
0: years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think because he, like, you hear the canvas ripping. So I think oh, there were okay, like dual like, layers of yeah. canvas on there and it was sandwiched All right, that's them. a little more believable. Though we do also get a
1: really great head shaving montage with Jacob at this point. Yes, like lots black of black and
0: white, white still shots. <laughs> his head being shaved. Yeah, with his crazy eyes yeah. and his grin. Um, but yeah, Sarah thanks the warden for his kindness and um, ignores his advice to come forward with any information that she has that could save her life. So it's, he's clearly also like, hey, you're a good person. Yeah, I like you. Something. Please save yourself.
1: Don't worry. The BAU is about to mess everything up. Yeah.
0: Um, so Jacob is then moved to the execution chamber, but he tells Hodge beforehand that there were 18 victims. Mm-hmm. Um, he keeps calling out to Sarah the whole time. He's like, Oh, we're going to be together. It's time to ride the lightning. It was like, ha, ah, that's the name of the thing. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> um, so, She's just staring at her painting of Riley while they're cutting all of her hair off. And she hears Jacob calling out to her. And then she realizes with horror that someone has found her picture of Riley. So she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I've kept the secret all this time. And these guys and are now just going to ruin everything. it all yeah, up.
1: Because they're in another room talking about circulating this picture to the press. Yeah. How is that helpful? Yeah. Going straight to the this press? poor child.
0: Yeah. Also, like, it's a newspaper clipping. Do a reverse Google image search. Right. It's like, did that I, exist at that time? I don't know. Didn't but that always Gar- exist? It would have for Garcia. For her. She can do anything. Like, how is
1: that helpful for anything other than ruining his life by going public with it immediately? Yeah.
0: What are they thinking? Yeah. It would get them sued. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, So uh, just before he's electrocuted, Hotch, with no emotion whatsoever, holds up a picture of (laughs) Riley and lets Jacob know that he's alive and that he lost. And Jacob's like, no! And then they put the hood down.
1: So I still have not gotten over the green... Speaking of... How many Green Mile references can we make in this Criminal Minds podcast? A lot. The Green Mile scene where they don't wet the sponge. Yeah. I still haven't gotten over it. And that's all I could think about in this moment when, cause they do the sponge and everything. Yeah. They're still like, I mean, what year did the green mile take place in? I don't know. was that? Like the 30s, the 30s or something? So yeah. this is 2006 and the technology is the same. Yeah. It's so That's barbaric. ludicrous. It's yeah.
0: Horrifying. And so
1: that's all I could think about because I didn't see them wet the sponge. I was very <laughs> concerned. <laughs> And there's so many solemn, like, lookers-on in that room. Yeah. They, like, flash all their faces staring at him.
0: Yeah. Um, Gideon tells Sarah Jean that Jacob is dead and that he's no longer a threat to Riley. And Sarah's like, oh, you poor dumb bastard. This was never about him. Like, it's only about Riley. Um, Don't worry. There's a really convincing bald cap on Sarah Jean at this point. It is... It's so bad.
1: It's not comical at all. No, her head doesn't look bulbous in any way. Yeah, I'm like, like you all of look her hair like is you're in from there.
0: Cone heads. Yes. So like, what is happening like, what are they, here?
1: This has been such a solemn,
0: profound, moving episode. The I'm bald, like, yeah. Seriously, guys, the bald cap really takes you out of it. Yes. Um, so she says that give Jacob or giving Riley away was her gift to him and that she won't let Gideon take that gift away. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the team guesses that Riley must have been adopted by one of the wealthy families that Sarah Jean cleaned for, which seems like a big leap, but also kind of makes sense. And if that's true, how could nobody exactly not have noticed that before Like now? nobody noticed that one of her clients, like, randomly adopted a baby that was exactly the same.
1: Yeah, but and it I didn't... Understand either because they said there was roughly three hours between the police visits, right? Originally, The yeah. police came and checked. They came back three hours later with a search warrant. In that three hours, Riley's gone. Riley's been adopted. In or, those three hours,
0: I have no idea. Did she like take them to the house and then just like drop him off and was like, "Adopt my child"? But then you, there would but still how, be legal channels just, to go you through. You can't just
1: show up with a two-year-old and be like, "I'll take this one, please. I found it." Like yeah, that and isn't even how it if works. she
0: knew the family. And she went to this family and was like, like told the whole story and was like, I just found out that uh, my husband has been killing all of these women mm-hmm. and I need you to like take my son to keep him safe and like raise him as your own or whatever. Like that family's not calling the police immediately. Right.
1: And if if they're not calling the police immediately, they're just going about their lives right there. They're not like packing their shit in a car and starting life new somewhere. Where this kid isn't going to be taken away from them, yeah. Because again, you can't just you can't just adopt a kid.
0: That that's shows not how up adoption works. <laughs> that's
1: kidnapping. Yes.
0: So because they do find that this this kid was legally adopted right, by this family, right? Through
1: all of Garcia's handiwork, they find
0: legal adoption. So it, how did it that takes happen? Garcia thirty two seconds, right. to find everything.
1: And so Sarah did that in the less than three hours between police visits. I don't understand.
0: No. It doesn't, I I don't get it either. No.
1: Maybe the 80s were a simpler time.
0: Maybe. <laughs> or I guess it would have been like the 90s, right?
1: Oh, yeah, because he started in the 80s, right?
0: Yeah. And then I think they said Riley was born in like 1990 or something. Yeah. When they're like looking up records or something. Because they're looking for him and they're like, look up all the hospital records yeah. in Florida. That- like, there are no boys. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> but half of them are boys. Yeah. Uh, So then we find out that Riley is now Byron, and he is a gifted cellist. Um, Morgan and Elle jump in the car and drive off to the house. Because they're like bull in a china shop, same as always. That's what Morgan does. (sighs) Um, Gideon tries to explain to the warden and the lawyers that Riley is alive, but Sarah's like, no. He's dead. He's mm-hmm. super dead. Yeah. Let's just get Please this just on kill
1: with.
0: Me. Um, but Gideon just can't get it through his thick head that she doesn't want him to know who his parents are. Yeah. He never wants... How can you not see that? Like, she appealed to him parent to parent. How can you not see yeah. that this is what's best for this kid? Yeah. And she that's what she wants. right? Like, and- she's had lots of time to think about this. This is not a rash decision. Yeah. She made this decision having thought it out fully and knows that this is the best thing because she doesn't want her kid growing up with the stigma of having a dad even if they find out the mom was, was innocent, innocent the dad still it doesn't a matter if he's killer. dead or alive yeah that's going to follow you everywhere yeah um she asks him to help her save her son's life by not telling him. Um, Morgan and Elle arrive at the house, but nobody's home. And Gideon's like, tell Morgan to kick down kick the door. Kick the door. Like, what? But luckily, yeah. Like, and Mark t- just, just
1: passes the messages along. Kick, kick down the door. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. No. Except he's on the
0: phone with Elle. So he's like, kick down the door. And Elle's like, Morgan, kick down yeah, the yeah. door. <laughs> um, so luckily the family comes home just in time to save their expensive looking front door. Mm. Um so, and yeah, the writers are once again depriving a team member of their one joy in life, which yeah. is <laughs> kicking doors for Morgan. And then there's so much tense silence in this moment. Yeah. They're like, what should we do? What should we do? They're like, what it's we about do? your son. And the dad's like, oh, shit. So it's yeah. like, the dad seems
1: to know. Yeah. He's or, probably been waiting for the other
0: shoe to drop on this for 15 years. Yeah. Um, but the mom and the boy are just in the car and he just keeps like looking at them and they're like, what's going on? And he's yeah. like, shh, just just give it a minute. And then everyone's just standing there in silence while Elle's holding the phone up. Like, what do we do now? It's like a full real time minute, which is a long time. It is very long. Um, so Sarah asks Gideon not to let Riley become Jacob's last victim and to please just let them both go. And Gideon finally gets it and tells Morgan and Elle that Byron isn't Sarah's son. So, um, then Gideon hugs Sarah like a person who's never hugged a human being <laughs> before. <laughs> it's so awkward. Um, it's like an arrested development when um, the mom
1: oh. hugs, <laughs> hugs Michael and yeah. he's like,
0: why are you squeezing me with your body? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she asks if it would be too much if Gideon's face could be the last one that she sees before she dies.
1: And of course.
0: And of course, he goes straight in and sits down mm-hmm. and she's just staring at him up until they pull the hood down. Um, So then we get our second quote, which is Albert Pine said, what we do for ourselves dies with us. What we do for others in the world remains and is immortal. It's like, good one. Good quote. Um, So then we go back to the opening shot, which is, I thought when it first opened, I was like, oh, right. He's watching the execution, but Mm -hmm. he's not because we see a single tear go down his face while we realize he's watching byron at his cello yeah. recital which i was like oh that is so sweet and then i was like wait did he come back to florida for that or <laughs> was it just a really conveniently timed cello it's recital actually later
1: that night right after the execution he went from one to the other yeah exactly i didn't pay attention to what clothes he was wearing i should have <laughs> so um great episode mm-hmm. awesome episode no no regular profile delivery
0: because no and there wasn't even really a crime no. Solved or anything, but it yeah, was just... a much
1: different structure. Yeah,
0: but. it, like, stepped away from the, like, procedural kind of vibe that mm-hmm. most of the episodes have and really just delved into a lot of character development, which yeah. was really nice. It was good,
1: yeah. Very well acted.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, how often do you watch shows where, like, you know, they have these episodes that just... You know, focus on a person instead mm-hmm. of the like crime aspect of the show. But it's always one of the team members. It's never yeah. like we're going to dedicate this whole episode to you, just really connecting with this unsub that you're never going to see, yeah. Again, and it was so worth it. It's, it's so, so good. good.
1: <laughs> it's so good. I did count Jacob as another white man. Unsub. Yes, obviously. So we're fourteen to one now.
0: Yeah, but do um, we count Sarah?
1: But she didn't kill anybody.
0: Yeah. I guess it's like, if we didn't count Lynn yeah, in the Poison episode, then you can't really count Sarah. I feel like it's Lynn like, was more a more active participant than Sarah was. That's true. Sarah just kind of ignored a lot of things that she knew that she shouldn't be, or just like... But she was so abused, too.
1: Like, at the beginning of the episode, they say her demeanor is more like a war victim. Like, yeah, they and do. And nobody thought about that further. Like, hmm, she doesn't seem like an odd sub. She seems like a victim. Anywho.
0: Yeah. Like, what?
1: Guys. Do yeah. your job. But, yeah. Oh, uh, IMDb is asking me what I would rate Ride the Lightning out of an apparent 10-star system.
0: That's a lot of stars. Mm-hmm for tv shows
1: outside of the traditional five-star system that you use to rate just about anything yeah
0: well this one was like twice as good as a regular episode that's true you can give it 10 stars instead of five stars and (laughs) it makes total sense
1: and i was trying to look and see if sarah jean or jacob were like in anything else but not really they're just like bit parts and a lot of other stuff yeah because they were both so good you would think like oh this is a person that's been in something before
0: yeah, there's nothing. I was looking it up too. Yeah, it's like I have to know them from somewhere. You.
1: But no, it's a little shocking. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's riding the lightning. Yeah. Just changes your perspective on criminal minds. Like right when you think they're losing you, like wow, they can do it when yeah. they want to do it. They
0: can because the last episode, last couple of episodes have been a little dull. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and this this was, it really held your attention the whole time. I actually, for how much we talked about, didn't really take that many notes because I was just so absorbed in everything that was happening. Yeah. Just like little asides, but mostly I was, you know, into it. Um, The next episode is Unfinished Business. Yeah. Do you remember that one? No,
0: it like popped up when I finished watching this one and I had no recollection of what this one was
1: like, kind of in this from the you know one line thing on imdb i think they reuse this plot line later yeah for rossi yeah the um, whole
0: like serial killer coming out of retirement yeah like because you wrote about him in your book and all that stuff so yeah Yep, I'm excited about this one because I don't remember it at all. So I have no idea (laughs) if it's a good one or not. Per
1: usual, I don't remember it yet, but I'm sure I will within the opening moments. (laughs) Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Wherever you listen, be sure to leave us a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at The Unsub Is a White Man. Our theme music is written and performed by Nate Youngblood, and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And you can find us
0: next week. We'll be in the children's gazebo gazing into a well.